We certainly recognize that line from the much-loved musical, The Sound of Music. It's not overly sentimental or unserious to suggest those lines might have been prophetic in a way for young Paul. As we learn, they say much about his growing up years and they foreshadow, in a way, something of his future. And yes, his first performing experience came when a sharp teacher sensed his rich talents and cast him in a production of The Sound of Music. And yes, he would go off to the hills as a lad singing all the way. And his life-changing epiphany came when he encountered a certain singer and a song that went through him like lightning. All these experiences were forged in the smithy of his soul, if we might borrow a notion from writer James Joyce, as he described a young artist poised to go into the world and discover and live out his destiny. Paul Hayward's life has led from the hills around Forest City, here in northeastern Pennsylvania, 3,000 miles away. He has a song titled 3,000 Miles as it happens, to the hills of San Francisco where he makes music now as a mature, successful singer-songwriter. In the morning I get back on the trail Scribble on a postcard Drop it in the we'll learn, too, that in a way, Forest City and San Francisco are not really 3,000 miles apart for Paul. What was forged in him in Forest City has formed him as a person, as an artist. What he learned here about sense of community is as true 3,000 miles away. Of course, Paul Hayward knows Forest City and San Francisco are 3,000 miles apart. He's driven across country, surely, many times. And this song, More Colors, by the mature singer-songwriter he is, captures the excitement and anticipation of that very first trip he made to the West Coast. Paraphrasing Joyce's young artist, Welcome, O Life, I go to learn more of what the heart is and what it feels and sing out what I experience in song. As it happens, Paul Hayward has just driven across the country again, this time from west to east, for an East Coast tour that includes Maine and Maryland, but which is centered here in Forest City, his hometown, for a benefit concert for the Historical Society there and a reunion with family and friends. There will be shows in Uniondale, Berwick, and Bloomsburg, too. And how fitting is it that we caught up with Paul by phone on the road in Lincoln, Nebraska. We hitched a ride to learn more. For me, there was no formal training. I didn't really know a lot of people that played music growing up as a kid. The live music that I saw was polka music. That was absolutely, I would say, 90% of the music that I saw a lot. So that would have been accordion and horns and things? 
accordion and the horns and, you know, whether it was a little tiny band or sometimes, you know, like Jimmy Stir and all these bigger, bigger bands that would come up from the valley. Would you watch people dance or did you join in? Watch people dance. I would watch and I was mesmerized, absolutely mesmerized as a little kid by live music because I didn't get a chance to see it, usually only in the summers during the church picnics. But evidently, when I was a pretty decent little kid because all they had to do was turn on the radio and I would just sit there and listen. And I became very attached to music because, like for a lot of people, it was kind of escape. I grew up in a poor family, in, in a predominantly poor town, in a predominantly poor area. So I would listen to the radio, and I was a late bloomer with guitar. I didn't start playing until high school. You know, I would say that I was probably 16 when I picked up the guitar. That's pretty late, and I only had one lesson ever, and that is from Mary Ferraro, who she and her husband basically got this whole thing together at the, at the historical society. So another full circle deal. And how that came about, how I decided, you know, there's a difference between liking music and decide that you want to be creative in that. And how that happened was I learned most of my music, you know, the kind of the American songbook and and popular music from either the radio and my favorite radio station back then was WAAL. I think that's what it was called from Binghamton. Basically, it was kind of a soft rock station. And, you know, remember in the late 70s, this became how I became interested in harmonies and singing in a high tenor. All that music, which is now called AM Gold from the late 70s, all those guys were incredible singers. Ambrosia, Little River Band, Atlanta Rhythm Section, Leo Sayre, the Eagles. The style of, of pop music at that time was lush harmonies with a little bit of like Americana folk and country in it. And that is still my favorite style of music. So when I was about, it must have been when I was about 15 years old, somebody donated a bunch of albums to our family. And if you write down those albums now, that would be the foundation of everything that came after that. Because one of those albums I opened up and I put it on, and that was Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Four Way Street, which was a live, a live double album. And I heard Neil Young, just Neil Young and his guitar, and everything changed. The light bulb went on. I'm like, I want to do this. I, I got to get a guitar. In that quick of a moment, I went from just being a music fan to I want to play guitar. Your ears were being educated up to this point. They were being educated, and I was very known People could hear me come and put it that way because I was I always I was always singing and not just to the radio. I think I had a decent memory for music, so I hear things on the radio and I would want to mimic those people. So you know, walking around in the woods or even on the streets, I would always be singing to myself. Here comes Paul. Probably here comes the weird the weird Hayward boy. So it's inside there, and it had to come out. And the aha moment, the epiphany, was that moment you put the needle down on the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young LP, and there it was. It's as if there was something about destiny there. It just sounds. Oh, Erica, absolutely. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about that. I mean, music is the universe. The way that it affects people, and even waveform metaphysics on it. I mean, there's something about the waveform of music that has always been a part of human creation. So yeah, I think without a doubt, that was the nature part of it. And then the nurture part of it was, of course, my mother getting me a guitar when I asked. And then to go from me locking myself in the room to try and learn guitar, maybe playing some songs for patient friends. Then came like, okay, and what happened from there to performing? And this goes to your question about a mentor. The first person who recognized that I had talent was Barbara Arabia, who was a second grade teacher at Four City Regional 
and also she was the head of the drama department. She's the first person who, you know, I was already in high school by this time, but I said, hey, and she kind of grabbed me and tricked me into being into a, in a play. What was the play? The first one was The Sound of Music. It was just this little bit part that she wanted me to sing this thing. And then after that, she chose me to be the lead in Gospel. And uh, then I came back to do Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat for the uh, Coal Cracker Theater. So yeah, so that kind of, that theater actually was my first foray into performance, not performing music. But it was great because that really gave me the taste for it and the confidence for it. Well, what about this business of being a singer-songwriter? Wow, this is interesting that right now I am driving across country to Ocean City, Maryland to perform this Thursday. While there, I will meet two of my friends who basically gave me my start in music. I was going to Bloomsburg University, and these guys had been playing in Ocean City, Maryland. And like, Paul, if you could get like 30 songs together, you could come down to the Maryland shore, and we have so many gigs, we could just give you the ones that we can't do. So in the summer of 1989, I went down there, I learned the songs, went down there, and I played about three shows a day for three months, all summer long. And by the end of that summer, they said, there you go, now you're a professional musician. That point onward, I've always been a professional musician. Trial by trial by fire, you know? Like, go from zero gigs to, you know, three a day, seven days a week. And so when you go back to Ocean City, Maryland, you're going to meet them, and you're going to play at places where you played before? Not where I played before. No, it's a new place. It's a, you know, these days, everybody's living room, and you've probably seen this, Erica, is our breweries. Breweries are kind of where everybody goes and it's casual and see some music, and you could bring your dog and your kids and, you know, have something to eat. So that's kind of the places that I like to play. As I get older, I choose to play gigs that are earlier that, you know, my friends can show up at from like five to seven. <laughs> You'll be doing some of that here in Berwick and Bloomsburg as well, right? Yeah, I have the two hometown gigs. One will be up by Elk Mountain uh, at a place called Arlo's Country Store, which has become a really great place for live music. Uh, actually, on the way up to Thompson. Then I'll be playing in Forest City for the Historical Society. So I graduated from Bloomsburg University in 1989. And so I'll go back and play in Berwick, which is a great venue, and in Bloomsburg. That'll be my final show for this year. And that'll be great because I still have many, many friends from Bloomsburg that I went to college with. I just wonder about the way you understand the power of storytelling in music. What touches you and what do you like to sing about? Do you like to sing about the world around us and what's happening out there or personal things that you observe? No, that's kind of the, the best question to ask an artist. I think part of it comes from who my influences were, James Taylor and Van Morrison and Neil Young and Dan Fogelberg and all these guys. So that had probably had something to do with it early on. But yeah, I think the trials and tribulations of life, sometimes what I can't express in interpersonal communication, it's easier that it flows out through music. It just seems to, to come out more. I think the best way I've ever heard it explained was Billy Joel. And Billy Joel basically said, he's like, I'm just an antenna. And all these ideas and lyrics are floating around. And sometimes they just like pop into you. And it really is that, that difficult and that easy sometimes. It's not just like sitting down, like you go to the office and write stuff down. So, yeah, I think the biggest thing comes from, you know, my personal trials and tribulations, how I view the world. I don't know why. I'm a very, I would say, political person in terms of geopolitics and history. But I've always shied away from political discourse in my music. But, but I, I'm thinking about changing that. 
because I think there's things that I want to say, you know, especially when it comes to ecology and certain things. But yeah, mostly I would say that feelings that I'm not able to express in certain ways have a tendency to come out through music and songwriting. I was wondering if there's a song that you have that you're kind of aching to play on your home turf, something that might be a welcome Uh, back or this is what you all have given to me or anything like that. Yeah, what what a great question because this has been heavy on my mind because I still play a lot of the style of music and a lot of the artists that got me playing in the first place. So some of the songs that I'll be playing, there are deep, deep memories, like just tangible, tangible feelings, visceral feelings within these songs that when I sing them, I think about Northeastern Pennsylvania. And this was listening to them. So if I play them, it'll be even crazier. And then there's a couple songs. I was writing songs even before I was playing in public. So there's a couple songs that I wrote right across the street where I'll be playing in Forest City. I'm probably going to play those. And we know if we read your biography that you've done some theological explorations and so forth. And I'm just curious about whether as a little person you were trying to sort it all out. Were you trying to figure out those great big questions that maybe you asked more deeply when you were grown up? But were you curious about the stars and the galaxies and all of those things? Oh, absolutely, Erica. You know the deep, deep ethnic roots of religion in our area. So Forest City, I think at that time, 1,500, 1,600 people, it was like they always said, 10 bars and 10 churches. So this tiny little town had a Slovenian church, a Slovakian church, a Yugoslavian church, an Irish Italian church, a Polish church, you know, all these churches, plus you know, 10 bars as well. So pretty much everybody went to church, and, and that's because all these ethnic groups that came to mine coal and to work in the factory. It was kind of the end of the line, you know? They didn't speak English. They came with nothing but the shirt on their backs. And so they keep going up and up and up the valley, and they finally get to Forest City, which is the last anthracite mine on that bay. And they built their own churches, and that was their community, and that was their ethnic center. And not to get too far into history, lesson about that, but that's what I saw. I saw all the diversity of these ethnic groups in my hometown, in my tiny hometown, that were basically worshiping the same religion or practicing the same religion. Like, this is really weird that, like, everybody here is Roman Catholic, and they all go to different churches, and they all, like, some of them, long after Vatican II, uh, my church was still doing the Latin Mass. (laughs) So anyway, I saw that as, as fascinating, and almost immediately I was fascinated with how human beings generally and specifically as individuals, worshiped God, how people had their dialogue with the Creator. And that, that's still the case. So when it comes to theology, to my degree, and my grandmother would be so proud, that uh, I graduated summa cum laude as the valedictorian at the University of San Francisco. And the reason I say that is because nobody in high school would have saw that coming. <laughs> and your degree, you say, is... Is I have a master's degree in theology and comparative religion. So it's not just Christianity that I study. I study all religions. It's fascinating. You have a home in Forest City, and that's where you're coming, but you have a home in San Francisco. And San Francisco must offer something special. There's the music aspect, but then there's the relationships I've made through humanism. Humanism is basically the sharing of ideas within religion. 
and that's what I am more than anything, is, is the humanist. And what you find, Erica, and this is what I, my music is all about, is community. And it's fascinating to see how many similarities. We all strive to be good people and help, help each other. But anyway, it's been a great dialogue that I've had with many, many people, and just another way for community, which is why I'm coming back home, is to reassert my, my roots with, with my community. We've often heard the, you know, the idiom of it takes a village. Well, I'm proof of that because I was never want for clothing or food or a place to stay, even though I had a kind of a, you know, a little bit of a crazy childhood. But there were a lot of people in that area that took care of me. Do I understand from looking at your itinerary of this tour that you're going to be celebrating your birthday on the tour? That's right, yes, on uh, uh, August 4th in, in, in Berwick. In light of your East Coast tour and your return home, is there a song that you might recommend to our listeners? Sure. So uh, how about Many Colors? Many Colors is a song about traveling across country. And it basically was me looking back on my first trip across country before I took it and wondering what these Western states were going to be like. What is Colorado going to be like? What is Arizona? So I wrote it as if I was that younger person who had, had not yet been across country. How appropriate as we talk about your return trip across country there in Nebraska. Yeah, and if I may be so bold, I, I definitely want to mention about how important and how deep-seated my roots are in the actual topography in geography of the Endless Mountains. I am... Without a doubt, Eric, a product of those hills of Wayne and uh, Susquehanna County. As a matter of fact, wherever I go, whenever I'm in a place that has those rolling hills and the hills and hollows and everything, I, I feel so good because I just think that the area of Susquehanna and Wayne County and Bradford and whatnot is just so gorgeous. And, you know, and, and down the line as well. But everywhere I go, whenever I feel... Whenever I see areas that have that type of topography, there is a visceral feeling of happiness with me. I, I think that the Endless Mountains are as beautiful a place as anywhere on this planet. Were you a hiker when you were a little one? Were you out there and hiking and picking blueberries and things? All the time, Erica. We would go out and, you know, in those days, you, you just stay out until it was dark. And we would eat apples and rhubarb, and we would stay all day hiking in the woods and doing all that kind of stuff. So, you know, growing up, there's certain parts of growing up that I, I think one thing that it took me decades to realize is the need for structure in my life. Like, you know, when's the last time that I actually had structure, in which, which I really, once, once I have structure in parts of my life, my creative life just expands big time. And it dawned on me after some thinking that, oh my goodness. From the time I was born until I graduated high school, every single day of my life, bells at 6 a.m., whistle at noon, bells at 6 p.m., and whistle at 9 o'clock. I had structure. That was my structure. And it's funny because now I put on my phone, this is technology for you, every morning my iPhone goes off at 6 in the morning with bells, and a little whistle does at noon, and then the same at 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. And it makes me feel like a little kid again.
singer-songwriter Paul Hayward speaking with us from the road in Lincoln, Nebraska, driving east for an East Coast tour that has him performing in Kittery, Maine this evening and Booth Bay Harbor tomorrow night. He'll travel from Maine to PA to play at Arlo's Country Store in Uniondale, Susquehanna County, this Saturday at 6.30 p.m. And there'll be a big homecoming on Wednesday, August 2nd in his hometown, Forest City. He'll be performing a benefit for the Forest City Area Historical Society at 7.30 p.m. It's on to Berwick Brewing Company to celebrate his birthday on Friday, August 4th at 2 o'clock, and he'll wind up the tour Saturday, August 5th at Turkey Hill Brewing Company in Bloomsburg at 6 o'clock. For more information, on the web, paulhayward.com. Paul Hayward, H-A-Y-W-A-R-D, paulhayward.com. I'm a hundred miles Still it's mountains that I see Coulda, 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 coulda Crossed in half the time I see Something pushes my head back down The morning when I wake Is it feels this way Many Colors by Paul Hayward, singer-songwriter from San Francisco, returning to his roots. His East Coast tour will bring him Wednesday, August 2nd, to his hometown, his beloved hometown of Forest City. This show will benefit the Forest City Area Historical Society that's located in the former Forest City Methodist Church. He says, I will be singing songs and spinning tales from my childhood and would love to see you as we help continue the mission of the Historical Society. Special thanks to Roseanne Swigel and Paul Ferraro. That's Paul Hayward in Forest City, Wednesday, August 2nd, for a performance to benefit the Historical Society there. And that performance will get underway at 7.30. But as we said, he'll be at Arlo's Country Store in Uniondale, this Saturday evening at 6.30, and the Berwick Brewing Company celebrating his birthday on Friday, August 4th at 2, and Paul will wind up his East Coast tour Saturday, August 5th at Turkey Hill Brewing Company in Bloomsburg at 6 p.m. For more information, on the web, 
paulhayward.com.